Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen as some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. God damn, how about that intro? Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident masshole, Ian Cusick, joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. How you doing tonight, Bryce? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, shout out voiceover Pete for hitting us up with the uh, the new intro. Yes. You know how it is. Shout out to voiceover Pete. You know, I wasn't sure about getting voiceover Pete to make us an intro, but I love what he did. I love what he came up with. Um, it, it's... It, it, it was the best $25 I've spent in recent memory, and I would gladly do it again. So a uh, huge, huge, huge thank you to him for that. And, um, you know what? I, I think we're just going to start off with the, our Super Bowl recap, because some of you may know this. There was a Super Bowl played last weekend, Super Bowl 53, Patriots-Rams, and it was boring as hell. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, hey, I'm happy the Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl. Um, it just wasn't a very exciting game. And maybe we've been spoiled by, you know, Super Bowl 51, Super Bowl 52, Super Bowl 49. Just a couple of real nail batters like that. This one, mm-hmm. it was just boring from start to finish. So, um, I mean... I think I, that was... If I didn't, I personally did not watch the game. I watched Infinity War for the first time instead, and I know I'm behind. Probably about almost 10 months behind on I Infinity mean, War. If you're going to pick a time to watch Infinity War, you got Endgame coming out in a few months. That's uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I need to get hyped for Endgame, so I watch Infinity War. Yeah, that's, that's not the <laughs> but, worst idea. But uh, the, the way that it looked, uh, the way I saw that, uh, you know, how everything looked afterwards, uh, that might have been worse than Super Bowl 50. I think it was. Uh, Super Bowl 50 was a pretty bad game. It was worse. You know, I mean, 50, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. It was a worse game than 50. I won't say it was a worse one than 48, because 48 was just a shit show from start to finish. But, um, mm, 48 was bad, but at least somebody was scoring. Yeah, but it was, Seattle got a safety on the first play of the game, and then it was just game over from there. I mean, at, yeah, least, well. at least, like, both defenses showed up in that game, or in this game. Because, uh. I don't know, but. I mean, I don't regret my choice, so. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. But, um. Shout out Julian Edelman. He had a hell of a game. One Super Bowl MVP. He had like 140 yards on 10 catches or something like that. Uh, a lot like Deion Branch's performance at Super Bowl 38. But, um. Again, that's a, a pretty forgettable Super Bowl, too, so. Maybe Brady needs to win MVP for it to be a, uh, a memorable game. But, anyways. Um, so Brian Flores is the real MVP of this game. He is the defensive coordinator of the Patriots, or he was rather, but we can get into that in a bit. Um, he set up a beautiful game plan for this game. He made Jared Goff look like rookie year Jared Goff, not Sean McVay era Jared Goff. So, um, he looked like a less explosive Johnny Manziel out there. He looked like a Johnny Manziel that couldn't run, if that's... (laughs) If you can, Could Jamal Mansell run once he got to the NFL? 
He yeah, he had some very nice runs in the NFL. He could like I mean Johnny Manziel if he had any sort of throwing talent, he probably would have put up a better game than Goff did. I don't know, maybe. Goff, well, you know, I've always questioned Goff. My questions were right. Uh, he stinks. So, this is what it is. I don't know. I got friends that are still telling me he's a franchise QB, but, uh, I don't well, know. He might have to, I mean, he might have to be, but that doesn't make him, you know. I don't know. Dante Hightower and uh, Eli had the... kind of exposed him. Eli's had the keys to a franchise for like 15 years. Eli also won two Super Bowls, so I don't know. Yeah, but Goff got time to win some too. So. Goff does have time to win some, and I'm not. And I, I don't doubt that the Rams are going to win a Super Bowl sometime soon. I just don't know if Goff's going to be the one that makes that happen. But um, mm. anyways, yeah, Brian Flores constructed a beautiful game plan, a lot of man coverage, a lot of blitzes, and frankly, this might have been the best defensive game I've seen from the Patriots in years, and maybe ever. Which makes it really sad to think that that was Brian Flores' last game with the Patriots as of right now, because he is now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, the Dolphins, that's an interesting hire for them. They've got a very young defense. you got stars like Minka Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard. You've also got some guys like Cameron Wake, who aren't young guys, but they're also very good. Um, it's definitely a team that I could see as a good fit for him, and I think it was an, a pretty good hire. I'm just not 100% sure how it'll work out because a lot of coaching, uh, a lot of uh, coaches under Belichick have uh, gone on to be less than productive as head coaches. I mean, Matt Patricia had a pretty lousy hand dealt to him in Detroit, but they still beat him this year, so I guess I can't really say too much bad about that. Uh, Bill O'Brien, he's been... I mean, all right with the Texans. I mean, I don't know if I'd say he's been awful, but I can't say he's been pristine as a head coach. Uh, that's just a couple right there. So, um, yeah, and we all remember Josh McDaniels back in the Tebow era. That was a uh, not good. So uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see about that one. That should be interesting. Um, to replace Flores, the Patriots just hired Greg Schiano. I don't think it's been official yet, but all signs are pointing to it. Um, it's an interesting hire. I, I, I don't hate it. It could have been a lot worse. Could have been, it could have been better. I don't know if he's the best man for the job, but um, I know that Shiano and Belichick are friends. They've uh, known each other for a while. They have good respect for each other. I think that it could work out pretty well. Uh, Shiano likes a lot of man coverage and a lot of blitzes. I think that fits nicely with the New England scheme. I just think that um, I think this could work out nicely. Uh, I mean, I do want to say, though, I think Miami definitely pulled off one of the best hires of the offseason, getting Flores. He's going to be a stud. Obviously, they need an offense, and it's pretty evident. Um, but, yeah, once, they, once Miami gets rolling on that offense, they get some guys, some talent on that side of the ball, I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, defense, I mean... Yeah, they're kind. Of, some guys are kind of getting old, but you know, next man up always. So, Flores is going to be good for them. Uh, in terms of who I, the Patriots hired, um, I'm skeptical. I don't know if he's going to be that great. I mean, I don't think it matters that much because at the end of the day, 
really is Bill's defense. So kind of just slide anyone there. They'll probably figure it out. But I mean, I'll, I'm glad they at least got someone who's like, you know, Cristiano's had some NFL experience. We all remember those couple of years he was with Tampa Bay that didn't go so well. Um, I I do think that he could be a good fit here in New England, but um, there's a lot that's going to have to go into this. And, I mean, that's on the front office too because they got to keep Trey Flowers and that might not happen. So, Well, yeah, Trey Flowers is easily our number one priority this offseason. Not that, like, well, obviously he's a tough guy to replace. I won't say he's completely irreplaceable, but I would rather keep Flowers on a nice long-term deal instead of uh, seeing what our younger guys can do with that because Flowers has proven he's been nothing short of a stud on defense. He's just, he's well worth the money, and if New England pays him that money, awesome. But I'm just saying, if there's someone in this free agency class that deserves the money they're about to get, it's going to be Trey Flowers. He's probably one of the best free agents out. I mean, uh, also got Pro Football Focus has him as like a top fifteen free agent or something like that. He's up there. He's very, very good. Uh, so, anyways, uh, there were two coaches in the Super Bowl that were going on to head coaching positions. We already talked about Flores, obviously, to Miami. Uh, someone that really probably hightailed it to Cincinnati the moment that game ended, just to make sure that he could sign that deal before. Uh, any second thoughts? Uh, Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor. Um, yeah, after that Jared Goff performance, I don't know if Cincinnati was 100% confident in that hire. Cincinnati does not care about their football team. It's, it is just clear as day. They do not give a shit about them, about that franchise. So I don't think they care. I mean, to be fair, Goff was looking like Andy Dalton, so... Yeah, you know, that maybe that's a good fit, then. Maybe they don't... Maybe they're just like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> um, so how much of this hire do you think is just because Taylor is a disciple of Sean McVay? A lot of it. Yeah, a I lot. safe, yeah. I think um, anything, anything or everything that comes from Sean McVay... Uh, is going to be a is going to be a target for teams looking for coaches now, especially yeah, because Sean McVay is about to have a huge coaching tree in the NFL. Like, give him like yeah, he's he might be the next. Uh, he, it might be like he might be the next Parcells. Yeah. Well, Belichick's not exactly his own tree either. He's from a tree too, so that's true. Yeah, actually, he's from the Parcells tree. So. He's from the Parcells tree. But um, yeah. So I think Sean McVay is about to have a massive tree. Which is going to be really interesting because, like, he's super young. So we're going to look back 10, 20 years from now when he's when he's put his name up there as one of the best head coaches, I'd say, of all time at that point. I think 10 or 20 years from now, it'll be safe to say that. Um, he's going to have so many different coaches from the, his tree, just, like, coaching everywhere. I just – it's going to be awesome. And I really like Sean McVay. He's a very hard-to-hate kind of coach. Just because of how cool he is, you know he's young. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's an offensive genius. I, I can't really think of anything I hate about him. But um, it'll be cool to see how that progresses a decade or two from now. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, so our last little NFL thing is both a big one, but we're not going to go too, too in-depth about this because um, it's it's kind of sad to see an iconic player go. But, like, I mean, he... Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything without sounding disrespectful because Julius Peppers is hanging it up after, like, 17 seasons or something like that. Um, a generational talent. He ended up, like, what, number... He, he ended up very high on the career sack total list. Yeah, and, he's um, up there. Again, just like a generational talent, but he was old, but he was still playing at a very, very old age, but he was still putting up very good numbers for his age. It's just kind of a shame, because I don't think he won a ring ever, did he? I don't think mm, he was on the Packers team that won. He might have been. I don't, I don't remember. He might have won. I don't but... think he was on that team, but he was... He, he was. I, I was gonna say. I think all we really need to say is congrats to Julius Peppers. You were first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, for sure, for sure. And uh, thanks, thanks for all the effort you gave to the NFL. Yep. Uh, he was not on that Packers team that won the Super Bowl. He was uh, with the Bears that year. But um, mm. you know, nine Pro Bowls, uh, six-time All-Pro, three-time first team, three-time second team. Uh, he won Defensive Rookie of the Year, and he, I mean. 159 and a half career sacks is just absurd. And he played for 17 or 16 or 17 seasons, which was I mean, that's really really good. And you know, that that's a very long career. Very long career, especially for a defensive end where you don't you don't it's definitely not one of the lengthy positions that you play at for a long time. Especially putting up high numbers like he did. So Congratulations on a great career, Julius Peppers. Uh, the NFL will miss you. Enjoy retirement. So, how about we move on to the NBA? Because today is February 7th, 2019, and today was the NBA trade deadline. So, there was <laughs> some very uh, interesting roster moves, to say the least. So, why don't, we, uh, why don't you introduce your first one, Bryce? Well, I want to start with Fultz getting moved already 7, 2018. That was a year ago. But Okay. Um, sorry, Bryce. I don't know if you just cut out there for a second or something, but um, you want to talk about Fultz? Fultz getting moved. Uh, Alright, so I wanna talk about Marco Fultz, yeah? Yeah, you just you just cut, you just got really roboty for a second. Yeah, I, let's let's I talk about Marco Fultz for, that. for a second because that's yeah, that that's a surpriser. That surprised me because Marco Fultz, uh you know, I don't know how people really view Markel. I don't know how people um I feel like people forgot how good he was in college. That man's a baller. And um, I'm surprised. I'm well. I guess I'm not surprised based on what I've heard and seen throughout the year from the uh, from the 76ers about how they feel about Markel. But he, uh, I feel like he's going to be good somewhere else. Maybe not Orlando. Maybe Orlando is not his place. But he, I feel like somewhere else he's going to shine, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, this one was definitely a shocker to me because 
From what I knew, the Sixers knew that he had some issues with the NBA, but they were trying to help him get through that. I don't know if they like just kind of lost patience with him or something, or if Orlando approached him about this trade and they were really like, hey, let's take Markel, let's turn him into an, an NFL talent that's like lives up to his draft type. Um, obviously, I don't watch a lot of Sixers games because I don't like the Sixers, but um, so I can't really talk. I can't really say much about that. Um, I just remember there was a lot of hype about him coming into the draft last year because of uh, you know, everything about, or well, I guess two years ago now because we're in twenty nineteen, but um, just a lot because like you know the Celtics might have been looking at him at some point, but then they traded back for Tatum. Um. Yeah, I mean it's I don't know if I don't know what the Magic are planning on doing with him, but uh, hey, if they can turn him into an all if they can turn him into a really good talent for the NBA, good for them. But uh, that's just a minor one. We got plenty more to. Oh yeah, talk that, about. that's just the tip of the iceberg. What's our Who's next? Uh, we got Tobias Harris to the Sixers. Yes, yes, Tobias Harris um, to the Sixers. So I feel like not a lot of people understand um, how good Tobias Harris is. <laughs> um, Tobias Harris is a very, very underrated talent. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Um, he's not. He was on the Clippers, so he's not. You know that big household name that you hear all the time. But that man, that man can ball. Um, that man is a is a certified baller, and he is going to make that Sixer team that much better. And it was already good. Yeah, the Sixers are super scary now. So obviously that means it doesn't necessarily mean this, but there's um there is a bit of a death problem in Philadelphia now. But I feel like that could um you know they could change that. It's not too hard to change that. But I got to say, man, the 76ers, they might have one of the best two-way teams in the NBA. I think they might have the best. I mean, I mean that that team on offense and defense is solid both ways. There's not a lot of spacing, <laughs> I would say. There might be a lack of spacing. But in terms of offense and defense, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could say the Warriors, but... I mean, the Warriors are just kind of unfair. Like, this well, yeah, team, but... it's definitely a fair team. But I they've mean, also got a lot of really good player, players on that team. So I, I mean, mean the, that starting five is, I'm telling you, that is a very good starting five. Very, very good. So, so uh, I'm going to ask you, do you think the Sixers are going to win the East? Or do you think it's going to be like the Bucks or the Raptors? Or, God please, the Celtics... Um, they have a good chance. They really, really do. Uh, their death kind of scares me. Um, and just and you said the Bucks and Raptors. Well, they made moves too that were very, very good. So it's yes. gonna, it's going to be a very interesting uh, competition for who wins the East. Who gets who gets to lose in four to the Warriors real quick? Come on, give some of these teams the East credit. Some of them will take them to five. Maybe, maybe. But speaking of that Raptor move, um, they added Mark Gasol. Yes, so yes. that is also very good. Mark Gasol is another name that's not really people. People probably hear Mark Gasol and they they'll either think of Paul or ask how is he still in the NBA. 
Uh, I asked that, both when I saw that trade. <laughs> that's the casuals. Nah, but Mark, I, I, only the second one. Mark is, <laughs> Mark is still good. Mark is also a very, very good player. That that Raptors lineup also very good. You know, you got yeah Lowry who's having kind of a down year. You got Danny Green, Kawhi, Saikim, and uh, and now Mark Gasol. That's a very good lineup as well. Yeah, no, the Raptors. I mean, they came into the season a very scary team when they picked up Kawhi. Uh, Gasol now he just strengthens that team. It's gonna be, you know, I think the Raptors right now are the favorites to win the East. It's either them or the Bucks. But, um, like, I don't know. I, I would say it's it's really close between the Bucks, Raptors, and 76ers. It really is. It's yeah, very it's... close. Because the Bucks they added Nico Militic, who, yeah, again, did, yes. another not-so-highly-profile guy, but very, very good. So that Bucks team, I think, honestly, and I think even the most, one of the most surprising things to me was Danny Ainge being silent. And obviously, to me, the Celtics being silent really, to me, means, and this might be a, you know, I don't know how you're going to react to this. You might be upset. But to me, the Celtics being all in on AD and being silent right now kind of says to me that they don't expect Kyrie back. Because if they expected Kyrie back... They wouldn't be shopping Jason Tatum. They wouldn't be worried about Anthony Davis and where he goes. So it really does say to me maybe Kyrie's planning on leaving because you know you don't you don't shop Jason Tatum if you're that you know Jason Tatum is very very good. He he has the potential to be special. You don't throw his name around on the trade block. For another star, unless you think your star is leaving, that's what I think personally. All right, yeah. So I understand what you're saying, and I think there's really two ways to look at that. You're either a expecting Kyrie to leave, which uh, maybe I'm in denial about this. Maybe I'm just thinking it's possible. It it really, really is. Of course, it's possible. I don't. I don't know how. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with your thinking, but I can definitely see your point. But the way I see this is, if he's serious about potentially shipping Tatum for AD, he's either doing well, he's, he, more, he's, he could be trying to do that. Well, not obviously, but which I wouldn't be thrilled about. I'd rather keep Tatum and still try to go for AD. I don't know how possible that is, but I I made that point last episode, so I won't go too too uh too in depth about that. But I see that as either that or you're trying to build up a super super good team in the East. And you got a court with Kyrie, AD, and then the young Jason. Well, Tatum. yeah, that's obviously that's obviously the goal. Yes, I think okay. that's what he's trying. To Number do. one, all right, people that say, "Oh, Danny Ainge is going to find a way to give up, uh, keep Tatum and get AD." That is absolutely not the truth. Because the only reason the Lakers don't have AD right now is the premise that they're getting Tatum. So Tatum is le- if they get AD, Tatum is not going to be there. You need this. You need to get that through your head. That just needs to be accepted. The only reason that they don't have that the Lakers don't have AD right now is because the Celtics said, "Well, we'll give you Tatum if you wait." That is it. 
Tatum is leaving for AD. There's no ifs, ands, buts about that. Um, but obviously the goal, obviously the goal would be to get Kyrie and AD on the same team. Yes, definitely. Because, because well, at the end of the day, I mean, they thought they had the the new big thing in Hayward and Kyrie, but Hayward uh, I, I th- has... I think, I think that injury really uh, sidelined that dream, so... Hayward has not performed um, at all. Obviously, Kyrie, uh, he has been playing well, but, you know... Sometimes it's sometimes it's enough. Sometimes it's not. But to me, really, this really means if they're gonna go all in for AD, I really gotta take that. I really take that as a hint that Kyrie maybe not as into Boston as they think. That's that's kind of what my thinking is. Now I'm not saying he's absolutely leaving or he's absolutely going to this team or this team, but I feel like. They're preparing for him to go. That's kind of how I see this. My thoughts with that is that I think, I think that's like a doomsday scenario sort of thing. I think, I think they're still trying to get Kyrie to stay, and I do. Well, obviously, yes, I, yes, I do. I think that um, this is like a preparing for like a possible departure. I don't know if it's gonna be like a. I, I'm I'm guessing there's been contract talks between them because I feel like. I, I know for a fact Celtics management aren't going to be like, all right, yeah, no, he's not staying. But I feel like um, this is like a preparation sort of thing. It's either that or they're trying to entice Kyrie to stay by signing or by getting Anthony Davis on a deal. Well, obviously that would entice him to stay, but that would be saying, like, they're not guaranteeing anything. It's just, um, it's really just all, you know... It's all promises. This is really all this is. Yeah. So it's like... <coughs> I don't know. I really think they're preparing for him to leave. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, I hope that's not the case. Obviously, I, I hope not. But um, ideal situation... They somehow find a way to keep Tatum. They keep a. They get AD and they keep Kyrie. I don't think that's gonna happen. That's, that's not. That is not gonna happen. I, not I, at all. I, 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 this is this is like my ideal situation. Hell, I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I'll give up all. Yeah. I'll give up all the first round draft picks we have this year, and I'll give some bench depth or whatever, if it means we can keep Tatum. Now I don't know how that's gonna mm. compare to the Lakers offer, which you know the Lakers, the Lakers pretty much were asking to get fleeced, but the the Pelicans still didn't take it, which... Because they were promised Tatum. I, I guess so. Obviously, I'm not Danny Ainge or in the Celtics general management, so I can't really... I can't really tell what the specifics of the offer were because I don't know what they would have offered that would have made it better than the Lakers offering, but... um, They value Tatum that much. Tatum, I, I mean, I can see why they value Tatum. He's a young talent. He's definitely got the potential to be an all-star... Um, it, I, it, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, I, I think they, and another thing too that you have to consider is AD, not only has AD said, AD's father has said, Rich Paul, his agent has said, and he's released statements. He is not willing to commit to Boston long term. So Which is another keep... reason why I don't want to give up Tatum because I'm not giving up yes. Tatum. For yeah, but Tatum. here's the th- here's the thing: 
you're giving up Tatum for AD. And the the here's here's really what Ainge is doing. If you trade for AD, you are giving up those players and taking the risk that you can convince Anthony Davis to stay. And if he doesn't, he doesn't, and you lose. But if he does, you have AD. That's really it. That's all. That's, that's why gonna I'm happen. not comfortable giving up Tatum because that's a very, very valuable player. Yes. To, be, to be gambling. But that's the th- like you're not getting him without him. That's the thing. I know, and that's why I'm not. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. Uh, if I were Ainge, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that. But he's also been known to be super ballsy with trades sometimes, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I don't know if I'd be that ballsy with it. I honestly, Ainge. I might, I might get attacked for this. Ainge can't draft, and that's just the truth. He's only gotten one great player out of the draft, so well, I mean, those picks probably don't matter to him that much. I, that's why I'd say I'd be willing to part ways with all the picks that we have in this year's draft if it meant we got AD without giving up Tatum. I don't know if that that would be possible, but like four first rounders, that's that's pretty. Yeah, I think Tatum Tatum is going to have to be in there either way. I well, think. I'm I'm not parting ways with four first round draft picks and Jason Tatum. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. You could yeah, but then you might, and then, but then you might lose Kyrie first. too, and now, now what? Yeah. I mean, this is this this really this could go either really good or really bad, fast. That that's the thing though, because either way, there's a catastrophic scenario for each of them. You either get AD, but he doesn't commit to you long term, so now you just. You got fuck all for players, and then um, or you keep your you keep your guys, but you lose Kyrie in the process. So now Jason Tatum's your best player, which again, is that the worst thing in the world? No, but mm. would you rather have Kyrie at point guard instead of Terry Rozier? Who oh, is, yeah. Terry's a free agent this year too. Shit. Yeah, you, can, you should let him walk. <laughs> Uh, that depends on Kyrie. If Kyrie stays, uh, Terry can walk. We might have to keep him if Kyrie walks. You want to walk out? You want to start? You want to give Terry Rozier minutes after what you've been seeing this year? Uh sure. instead, in the case that we lose Kyrie, we might have to. We might not have a choice. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you the quick question because I want to get into one more thing, and then we can go into the questions you have. Um. Who do you think right now? If who do you think has the best shot at the East? Right best now? shot at the East right now. Yes. Well, uh, it's coming down to either the Bucks or the Raptors. Um, really, Bucks or Raptors? I do think that it's gonna. Here's how I think the top four is gonna go this year. I think it's gonna go. Uh, it's gonna go Raptors one, Bucks two, Sixers three, Celtics four. I think that's gonna be the top half of the East right now. Um, I think. Well, who do you think is the best shot at winning? Though? Who do I think is the best shot at winning? The East, just winning the East. Ooh, I think it's going to come down to an Eastern Conference Finals with the Bucks and the Raptors. But who wins that series? Um, shit, I. That's a tough one because I could. You can make a case for both those teams, but um, uh, I'm going to go with Toronto. See, personally, I think it's really between... I think it's between two teams, really, two. And Toronto's not one of them for me. Really? I think it's the Sixers and Bucks are the two teams that I can see coming out of the East. I mean, I could see the Raptors and Celtics doing it, too, but, I mean, I mean based on how it is now, with that Sixer team, I really believe in that Sixer team. So, 
I see. I could see the Sixers going to the final. I mean, they're not gonna. I I doubt they do anything to the Warriors, but you know, they still can make it. Yeah, that's again, like I said, you know, uh, there's there's a the East is actually pretty competitive this year, and like I know, it's not gonna matter come June when the Warriors are in the finals and they're slapping around anyone in five games maximum. But um, honestly, you can make a case for any of those four teams. All right, so I wanted to do one more thing with the NBA. So today, uh, when we're recording this anyway, this is the seventh. Um, so we got uh, the All-Star teams. Officially, the rosters are done. I will read them off. So Team LeBron is um, interesting. So we got LeBron, obviously. We got KD, Kyrie, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. That's the starting five. With the reserves being Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, and Bradley Beal with Dwayne Wade. That is Team LeBron. Team Giannis is Giannis, Steph Curry, Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba, with the reserves being Chris Middleton, Nikolai Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Vujicic, and Kyle Lowry with Dirk. Uh, who do you got? I got, I got Team LeBron. LeBron. Oh. I also got Team LeBron. Team LeBron is way better. <laughs> I mean, and I want to, I want to, I want to point out the uh, the subtle, the subtle uh, Kyrie, AD, and Clay. Just the subtle tampering going <laughs> on here with those uh, with those draft picks. Yeah. Uh, uh... Very subtle. Yeah, LeBron is the tampering king. This man. You know he'll never get like he'll he'll get away with it every time though. This man could definitely yeah, put out a tweet saying, "Hey, at Anthony Davis, come to boss or come to Los Angeles." Like, yeah, come to Boston. Yeah, okay. Yeah, LeBron would definitely do that. Um, hey, maybe maybe that's what LeBron's doing right now. He's trying to formulate. A I don't think. I don't somehow. think He's trying to finesse everyone. I don't think players are fine for tampering though. I think that's just teams. You know, I think I'm that's not, a team fine. That's not a player fine. I'm not, I'm not sure what the fine. rule would be on that. I mean, AD got... AD, that was different. That was tampering. Got, he, no, he got fined because he like made his thing public or something like that. Which was stupid, because how is that not going to be public? Well, I think but, it has to, it has to, there's like a certain way it has to be made public, and it can't be like... AD just directly. like... He can't just like say, like, hey, just, I want out of New Orleans. It'd have to be like his agent would have to put out like a statement or something. Um, but yeah, I think tampering's a team fine, not a player fine. I'd have to look at that. I mean, maybe there's this thing about players, but I, I don't know. I mean, well, Lakers got fined for tampering last year. Yeah, they did, but um, it I don't matter. I don't, if, I don't know if that was because of a player doing that or something. I don't know. I'd have to look at that. Because the same. Well, yeah, got, it's obviously yeah. the players doing something, but I don't know if they find. The well, because player it's not necessarily just the players team. that could be tampering. You could have. The yes, that's true that. too. I don't know. Maybe they just find both. Would it be like um, the example I could think of was like Draymond calling KD after the uh, 2016 finals. Well, nobody got fined for tampering for that. I don't know. That is tampering, yeah. but. I don't know. Tampering is a very touchy subject. It's it's very it's a very complex thing. But yeah, we we both got Team LeBron for yeah, that we, one. We really just got the, uh, we just really got the Team LeBron from that, didn't we? Um, <laughs> or vice versa, we got to that from Team LeBron. God. Um, uh, so what's your next? What you got next? 
Well, if we're done talking basketball, we are actually talking baseball again because baseball is actually happening now. It's a fragile uh, state. Yeah, very fragile. Um, So, pitchers and catchers report in a couple weeks, but uh, we're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about something that has nothing to do with that. Uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, uh, easily the two biggest names on the free agent block. Uh, Neither of them have signed yet. Well, as of as of right now, as we're recording, yeah. Now that I think about it, let's. Uh, th- there's probably going to be a tweet saying that oh, Bryce Harper signed with so and so. Well, I don't understand. So. I don't understand how it's gotten to this point, though. Like it's it's February. I mean, this tells me one. Uh, this tells me one thing, really. Both these guys are asking from bit for big big money, and teams do not want to give that much money to a player. I mean, I I know at least Bryce Harper is represented by Scott Boris, who's uh, he he's just an evil man, but he's also <laughs> gotta be. Yeah, no, he's he's on a whole nother level though. It's a- I don't know who represents Manny Machado. I don't know if he's a Boris guy too, but um, Scott Boris is he he drives a hard uh, a hard price for his guys, and he is ruthless. So I'm my guess would be that he's trying to get money for his guy and there are teams out there that want the players but they don't want to give him as much money as he's trying to get out of them. Alright. That's probably the truth. I don't know how baseball... Man, baseball just... I mean, baseball's got nothing going on. It seems like baseball just never does anything right. The MLB just seems to never get it right, huh? They just they just somehow always find a way to get it wrong. Um, I think it's because abs- there is no other sport. This, if you want a comparison, this would be like this would be like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell being unemployed in August. Yeah, no, that's um, that's that and shit. I mean, that might happen, but I doubt it. Nah, they'll be employed by August. That would be like... That would be like... <sighs> Steph Curry... No, not that good. That would be like... Say like Kawhi and Kyrie being unemployed in September. You know? Like, that's just... That's ridiculous. How these guys aren't signed yet. And these are these are not... These are two of the biggest names in the sport. Easy. These are house. These are household names, and they're they're unemployed. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up to me. I mean, it's it just, has to be that they're asking for more, or they're looking for more money than teams are. Well, yeah, are like. but he, I mean, obviously, but that was going to happen either way. It was definitely. I mean, that was that should have been expected. That wasn't a surprise. That wasn't like, oh my god, you want hundreds of millions of dollars? It's like, we're not talking about, you know, like Brett Gardner here. We're talking about Bryce Harper. You know, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, like, I mean, I don't know. We're not talking about, like, Dan Ugla. (laughs) We're talking about Manny Machado. Oh, man, that is a name I haven't heard in a minute, Dan Ugla. Um, No, but yeah, like, two of the the two best free agents on the market this season. I do think it's very, very surprising that 
none of them or that neither of them have signed yet. But um, I would expect that a deal is made. I would assume probably maybe this is like a JD Martinez situation where like the team they have agreements with teams, but like they they're trying to get more money because I remember. JD was in limbo for a couple weeks with the Red Sox until the Red Sox finally offered him the money that he wanted. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything like that with these guys. That's that's what I'm. Yeah, that's that's the one thing with this. So I really right. can't explain that. It's I don't know. I think we've said all we really can say, but I want to do this before we move on. I want you to give me give me your prediction where these two land. Okay. Bryce Harper. I got mine. I, I got I got Bryce Harper. Manny's a little more tough for me. Nah, Manny's. I think Manny's easy. I think Manny's easy. I I think I know where he's going. You think you know where he's going? All right. Well. Yeah. I, I think Manny's kind of a closer one for me, anyway. You see, I would have probably agreed with you at that point, but um, I was just scrolling Twitter today, and um, so Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto are very good friends, apparently. And, yeah, um, Romuto's going to be on Real the Muto, Phillies. Yeah, he just got traded to the Phillies. So that's why I believe that I think Harper's going to go to the Phillies. Yes, I agree with that. I think Harper's going to be on the Phillies. All right, so where do you think Machado's going? I think Machado's a White Sox. I think it's pretty you obvious. Think he's going to the White Sox? Yeah, that, that yes. makes sense. I, I think he's going to be a White Sox. I haven't been following Machado as much, so I wasn't really which, sure what to say about which that. Which is but... very bad for baseball that a household name is going to a team that is not very you know broadcasted I mean the Phillies aren't either but that could change the Phillies, the Phillies got are on very, the upswing, definitely yes but the White Sox the White Sox are in full tank mode right now um I mean baseball has taken a lot of L's they lost Kyler they just everybody calls their sport boring constantly. It's just it's fragile state baseball's in. Well, um, again, I've I I still think that Kyler's going to play baseball. I think he's just using this as leverage against the A's by no. for the draft and everything. Kyler confirmed he's going to the combine. Yeah, I still think he's using that for leverage. He's not. <laughs> he's playing football whether you like it or not. I I, I like it. I just still think. I, Financially, it makes no sense, but you know. leverage. I mean, if you want to use it for leverage, then I feel like he's got leverage already. Again, he's got Scott Boris representing him. Boris is probably orchestrating this whole thing to get more money. All right. I mean, Boris is like Machiavelli. Right. A, oh man! Half the people listening to this don't even know who Machiavelli is. Um, That's true. Okay, so. Uh, the second slant about baseball being boring, uh, I don't agree with that slant. I know a lot of people do, so I'm not even going to comment on that. But, um, anyways, yeah, so is there anything else you want to talk baseball, or uh, should we wrap this up no. with some questions? Let's, let's get the questions. How many you got? Because you've got, got all got, of them, I believe. I've got two questions. I don't know if you've got all right. No, I don't have any. You don't so, have any? I guess. Well, so we're going to have a short question segment. So, um... These two come from my friend Matt at Matthew PTSN on Twitter. Uh, the first hmm. question is: If all thirty-two head coaches were to have a Hunger Games, who would win and why? I'll let you answer this one first. All thirty-two had a Hunger Games. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. 
That's a good question. That's interesting. I mean, I gotta feel like because it has nothing to do with their coaching abilities. It's just who they are. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm guessing you could probably apply like their coaching abilities to how they would do it. No, how? It's if we're talking like pure Hunger Games, then no, it doesn't matter. It's survival, not football. Well, I mean, like you can um, incorporate sort of things, not not like football necessarily, but like maybe how they approach things. Like I don't know. <clears throat> you didn't. I would say my vote. Uh, my vote would be either Matt Nagy or Adam Gase. Either or, I think they're they they are both seem like guys who could um could survive a Hunger Games, especially Gaze, because that man's insane. All right. Um, who's your who's your Hunger Games sur- winner, not survivor? Well, I guess. But... You see, this is a really tough question because, like, all right, I think uh, in terms of, like survival and everything. I feel like Matt Patricia, because, you know, he's he's actually mm. a genius. He's, like, the man's dead-ass a rocket scientist. Like, so he knows what he's doing. He could probably... he He's probably a really... He just probably is a really smart all-around guy. And I feel like... Smarts don't always save you, though. Smarts don't always save you, but it's definitely not a bad thing to have when you're in a survival situation. Um... It's either that or Sean McVay, because I feel like McVay would probably pull something out of his ass. Uh, I don't know about McVay, man. I, I mean, Adam Gase. He's... Adam Gase, yeah, he's de- definitely Adam Gase. Scary but... mother, scary man. <laughs> What's the next question? Yeah, so um, so this is kind of a more obscure question because it's kind of uh, uh more than the first, more than the first no, one. No, no, this is a whole whole other thing. It's it's a more it's a more sports related question at least, but um. What are your realistic expectations for the AAF? Which, if you're not familiar with... Ooh, the AAF. Have you been keeping up with the AAF, Bryce? Mm, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't really kept up with it either. But uh, I have been, like, looking at it on the... Uh, just... It's just um, just something I've been kind of, like, keeping in the back of my mind. But um, for those of you that don't know, the AAF is the Alliance of American Football, which... Um, is a new football league forming that is pretty much going to be going on during the NFL offseason. And um, there are eight teams in the league right now. It's divided up into two conferences, the Eastern and Western conferences. So uh, you got the Atlanta Legends, the Birmingham Iron, the Memphis Express, and the uh, Orlando Apollos in the East. And the West has the Arizona Hotshots, the Salt Lake Stallions, the San Antonio Commanders, and the San Diego Fleet. Um, hmm. One thing that's really interesting, they chose a lot of small market teams for these. I've... Alright. Well, the question is, what's our, my expectation? Yeah. This has been tried many times before. This, you know, this, oh my god, this new league that's gonna, you know, just... They're gonna take the NFL by storm. They're gonna do this and this. I doubt it. The reason I doubt it extremely is because in 2020, there's another football league starting that's going to be automatically more popular than the AAF. Absolutely. The XFL, I'm very much looking forward to because it actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I am not, but you can have that all you want. Um, 
but it will be more popular. It will get more attention. So I have really no expectations for the AAF, really. There's you got the XFL to deal with, and you got the NFL to deal with, obviously. Yeah, so um, the AAF, and I think the only reason he asked this question is because um, the uh, this league it actually starts up this Saturday or Sunday, I want to say. So uh, when this goes up, it'll literally be either today or tomorrow. I believe is the first week, and the games are going to be on CBS among a couple other sports networks. Uh, what's funny is it actually looks like the NFL Network's one of them, so that should that's a little interesting that uh, the NFL's hosting another football league on their on their uh, channel. But um, again, like I said, the most interesting thing about this is that they chose a lot of small market teams or like uh, small market cities. So like um, Birmingham, Alabama is probably is easily the smallest one. Uh, Salt Lake City is a pretty small market town or city rather. Um, San, I don't know. San Antonio and San Diego are kind of smaller markets. Not they're not big markets by any means, but they're not small. I mean, there's no New Yorks, there's no Bostons, there's no uh, Los Angeles. All right, let's relax. Let's relax on that one. Don't Boston, can't, Boston's a can't be. Boston's a big city or a big mm-hmm. for sports. Absolutely. Mm, yeah, for sports. That's what I. That's what I mean by this. That's it. Yeah. That's all we got, but we're pretty good shit. at it. So that's why a we're big right. market. A, nah, you, you don't understand the definition of a I'm big market. I'm talking in market. terms of sports, big market cities are things like Boston, New York, Los Angeles. Here's the difference between Boston, New York, and Los Angeles. There's shit to do in New York and Los Angeles you know, outside I mean, of sports. You're not understanding the, I, the I, definition I, I of big market. I'm, I'm talking strictly from a sports let's, let's perspective. Get, let, let's get in your place here. You, I'm, I'm talking strictly in terms of sports. Yeah, but sports doesn't make you a big market. Your city I'm does. Talking in term, no, I'm talking in terms of like what's a big sports market. I mean, you know, I'm, even then, dis- even disregard, then. disregard what I'm saying. Even now. then. You know, I think I, I think I'm saying one thing and you're hearing another thing, so we're we're probably not gonna. All no, right. you said big market. That's not it's, the definition you know, of big uh, it, market. Again, you're hearing you're. I'm saying one thing, you're hearing something else. So you saying one thing that's wrong, and you and you hightailing. That's what you're doing. I'm. I, I. What I'm saying is right. So maybe mm. maybe maybe what you're maybe what you're hearing is wrong, but it's. It's whatever. It's it's beside the point. So, um, anyways, I believe that's all I've got for questions. I'm just gonna look things over real quick. Um. That's all. I mean, I don't got anything for right now. So. Yeah, I got a lot of not so serious questions, but I've already told you some of those, so I'm just gonna not yeah, even those acknowledge are, those. Those are those are off camera. Those are that's off know, camera. Yes. So uh, yeah, so I think we're just gonna call it an episode here, uh, episode number twenty six of I'm Walking Here. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ian M Cusick, spelled C U S I C K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Briz at I T S B R I Z Z. Um, if you'd like to check out I'm Walking Here's merchandise, the link is in our Twitter description. And that's going to do it. Thank you for listening and have a good night.